What's up, Video Landers? I'm your host, Dr. Diamond Doug. Triple D! And with me tonight is my co-host and pimp, Mr. Miggity Miggity Mac. Quick reminder, you can find us on AdventuresInVideoLand.com or on our Facebook page at Adventures in Video Land. We are critics with attitude. In many of the AV podcasts, you'll hear some bad language, Ooh. but that's not really our style, so we'll try to keep this PG-13. Mild language and... Uh, Artistic nudity. Yes, and just exactly. Nope, not nope, even one of those. Nope, not even one of those. Also, spoiler alert, if you don't want tonight's movie ruined, pause the episode, watch the movie, and come back later. With that said, tonight we'll be talking about Season 6, dun, dun, dun. Pantheon nomination number 3, Taxi Driver. Nominated by Adam Cromacho, guest voter Papa Wade. Before we get to any of that, let's chat a little about Pantheon. Mr. Right. Miggity Mac, what is Pantheon? Well, Pantheon is, uh, well, first of all, Pantheon is the special shelf for movies that hit on all cylinders. It's those movies you really want to see. They're, they're essential viewing. They, they're, they're fantastic in their acting, directing, script, score, cinematography, special effects. If they have it, they are the best of their genre. And there are nine members on the AV Council. Every three weeks, a council member nominates a movie. Everyone else votes yes or no and writes out their reasons. In addition, there's a guest voter mm -hmm. and the Facebook poll counts as one whole other vote for a total of 11 votes and mm -hmm. each movie that's nominated for pantheon needs a two-thirds majority that's seven seven votes to get in previously we've talked about drive which did get in you with did. eight of 11 eight votes of 11. and iron giant did not not quite four, four. so uh as a, just a, a smidge of foreplay as we're talking about taxi driver what are your experiences in riding in taxis? You know, uh, I've ridden in taxis mostly in big cities, uh, but when I was in Chicago, specifically I remember in Chicago, uh, it always was a, a little bit of an awkward ride for me. Either the driver was on the radio the whole time, or it was dead silent, or they just wanted to talk politics. I, I, I don't exactly remember any fun taxi rides. Yeah, and I'm trying to think that I don't... So... I didn't grow up like in New York with a lot of taxi riding. I like I've I've had to do a couple of taxi rides from airports mm -hmm. or uh, if I went to a conference to to bring me to the other side of town. Mm -hmm. Usually it's somebody who is um, uh, driving very fast yeah. in a very scary way. Um, but I never got the sense that any of them were latent serial killers. No, I don't. I don't recall that. Uh, uh, they could have been. They I may don't have know. been. Yeah. They, they certainly. The <laughs> ones that talked a lot were very, very opinionated, and apparently they've talked about that topic many, many times. Well, uh, so let's do a little rundown on the movie uh, Taxi Driver. It's rated R. Mm -hmm. It is a drama directed by Martin Scorsese, yes. uh, who. It has done tons of movies. Goodfellas, Good Last Temptation of Christ, The Departed, Gangs of New York. You were just talking Even about the Irishman. The Irishman. Uh, screenplay written by Paul Schrader, mm -hmm. uh, frequent Scorsese collaborator. Yeah, at least four, maybe more. Right. Yeah, and produced by Julia and Michael Phillips, um, who had uh, just come off the Sting prior to this one, and then also did Close Encounters of the Third mm -hmm. Kind. Music by Bernard Herrmann, oh. who we've talked about before when we last last year when we when we did Psycho, Psycho, he wrote Psycho, yep. and some other Hitchcock films. Uh, 
little fun fact on him is that he died hours Literally. after yeah. completing the music for Completed this movie. Completed recording on the 23rd of December yeah. and died sometime early morning Christmas Eve, literally, with an hour Yeah, so this was his last movie. Cinematography, Michael Chapman, who has done a number of things oh, with Scorsese, but Boys. also The Lost Boys and Space Jam. Space Jam. Uh, edited by Marsha Lucas, uh, uh, who fixed Star Wars. <laughs> uh, from uh, You can read on that. Yeah. Uh, Tom Rolfe, who did The Right Stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, Melvin Shapiro. The movie, not the TV series. Yes. Yeah. In theaters, February 8, 1976, we are at about the 47-year anniversary of this movie Yep. by almost by about a little over a week. I mean, by modern standards, it was in in theaters in February, and they were filming it the previous June to August, yeah. so I was, it was pretty uh, quick. I was a year and a month old when this came out. Oh, I was... Uh, you were like se- was, uh, 73? Yeah, no, You're I was nine. Quite old. Yeah, I was yeah. nine. Nine years old. Yeah. Runtime of 114 minutes. Uh, the the studio, Bill Phillips Productions, Italo Judio Productions. Okay. Um, I couldn't find anything on either of those in a in a quick glance. Distributed by Columbia Pictures. Mm-hmm. Who's this starring? It's a, got a good cast. It does have a good cast. Robert De Niro, Jodie Foster in not her first role but an early role. Albert Brooks. Interesting, uh, also from Drive, plays a, 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 a bad guy in yeah. Drive, yeah. But Albert Brooks, Harvey Keitel, plays a pimp. Uh, Leonard Harris, uh, Peter Boyle, you know who Peter Boyle? He's, yes. he's played a few other things. We've talked about him talked before. About him. Young Frankenstein. In young Frankenstein, yeah. And Sybil Shepard, who, by the way, was tasty hot she was. in this movie. She was very, She's very anyway, pretty. But she was very pretty in this movie. Synopsis of the movie. Suffering from insomnia, disturbed loner Travis Bickle takes a job in New York City as a New York City cabbie, haunting the streets nightly, growing increasingly detached from reality as he dreams up cleaning up the filthy city. When Travis meets pretty campaign worker Betsy, he becomes obsessed with the idea of saving the world, first plotting to assassinate a presidential candidate and then directing his attentions towards rescuing a 12-year-old prostitute, Iris, played by Jodie Foster. Yeah, and when we say meeting campaign worker, a stalking and then forcing himself upon her. Yeah. Uh, but yes, that's And true. then as far as saving the world through assassinating, assassinating the presidential candidate, they she don't was, explain why. Yeah, not why, but she, she worked for it. Yeah. Shepard worked for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so as far as ratings go, uh, run us down the ratings. Sure. IMDb shows it as an 8.2 out of 10. Uh, Metacritic gives it a 94 must-see with 22 positive and one mixed review. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 96% with a 93% audience score. We've talked about this before. When those two numbers are both high, it's generally a pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google, 90% liked it on Google. So, uh, just uh, grabbing a couple of reviews from Rotten Tomatoes from the top critics, Der- Derek Malcolm from The Guardian. Uh, this is rated as fresh. This is a wholly remarkable film, flaws and all. In fact, even the flaws are significant. Mm-hmm. On the other side, and there's not a lot of rotten comments no. uh, for this, but Nigel Andrews of Financial Times has it as rotten. The problem lies less with what the film has to say than the way it says it. The laboriousness with which its sermon on the seeds of fascism is spelled out. 
I, I didn't know what to think about that review because I wasn't like, whoa, is this fascism or not? But Maybe they were born. There was people who didn't like the excessive yeah. violence of it. Well, for I sure. think some people they see particular images which they associate with fascism, and yeah, and then that's where their mind goes. Yeah. You know, a, a white guy with a mohawk, uh, yeah, with a, a army jacket, kind of a deal. You know, Metacritic review. So I I threw in Roger Ebert from mm-hmm. here. Uh, so this is from the Sun Times. This is rated as a hundred. The, the film can be seen as a series of his failed attempts to connect every one of them hopelessly wrong. This utter aloneness is at the center of Taxi Driver, one of the best and most powerful of all films, and perhaps it is why so many people connect with it, even though Travis Bickle would seem to be the most alienating of movie heroes. We have all felt as alone as Travis. Most of us are better at dealing with it. Yeah, that's an understatement. He's really bad at it, actually. On the other side, Robert Schickles from Time uh, gave it a 50. Uh, The movie has an air of recent discovery of shocked innocence about the tawdry quality of city life that is gratingly naive. The film goes most disastrously disastrously wrong when it tries to turn slice-of-life realism into full-scale melodrama. There you go. He didn't like the melody. He didn't. He didn't like that. Yeah. So uh, the Metacritic hoi polloi reviewers, the it's regular users. Uh, I I don't know if the number on this is correct because I don't remember changing it from last time. It was overwhelmingly positive. Positive. Very few. Um, small. The uh, so on the top we have Cabrita mm. who uh, gives it a ten. This is Scorsese's second best film, next to Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. It's an unbelievable film with excellent camera work, excellent acting from De Niro, and this leads to an excellent film. And I think some some people might say uh, third best, second best, first best, but I I always hear. Uh, Taxi Driver, Goodfellas, and The Departed. I don't always hear, but I often hear those three discussed yeah. somewhere in the top three. Yep. And Raging Bull. And uh, Raging Bull, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dime McClay. Dime McClay, yeah. Gave it a one. Didn't like it. Uh, I am sure this movie broke a lot of new ground, but the story was disjointed and didn't really flow at all. This movie suffers from a severe case of overrated, just like Citizen Kane. Yeah. But putting yourself in that category, you know, uh, Don Clay, I guess, uh, yeah. letting us know a little about him. Wait. So, well, you know of the Metacritic hoi polloi reviewers that wait. we love the most, you know who oh. is uh, who we sometimes look to for a sensible answer in here? Spangle! Spangle! Cheers ah, to you, cheers, Spangle. Spangle. Oh, Spangle. Did he like it? Gives it an eight. Actually, I say he. We don't know. We don't know. Did Could, Spangle like it? Could be he, she, they, we don't know. At some point, Spangle, Spangle needs to contact us please and give us his Spangle. give us their pronouns. If you ever listen to this, let us know. Uh, Spangle said, I did not like this one as much as I expected to, but I liked it a lot all the same. I was initially going to rate this a little lower, but I paused and realized that uh, all of the major aspects that I look for were good to great in this film. I, didn't, I do not love the story, and the film can be quite slow, Almost boring at times, but at the end of the day, the film is a class A character study that really hits all of its marks. And you know, I, and and by the way, I don't I don't recall if you said it because we were just you know googling all over oh, Spangle, yeah. but he gave it an eight. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I watched this movie and I fe- I felt like I was watching the uh, early script for Joker. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there's a, a, oh, a we'll lot. Oh, ch- we'll chat about yeah, that. And everybody, right? every, yeah, everybody. Yeah. Like. Taxi Driver and Joker. Yeah. 
It's not together. fully shot to shot or anything, but anyway. It's definitely inspired, right? How about on Facebook? The AV Facebook. AV uh, Facebook. So there wasn't a lot of comments on this. Mm. It's an older movie, so sometimes that happens with older movies. But yeah. we do have some strong opinions. Okay. Uh, and we have some almost opinions that are yet to be formed. Okay. Like Lisa Hernandez. Who says, I will rewatch. I remember watching this film a few years back and was only impressed by De Niro's performance and the visuals. Personally, I feel it's overrated as a whole, but I will rewatch before I cast a yes or no, which is very responsible. Fair enough. Thank you, Lisa. As opposed to a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. Yes. But uh, Scott Herliska uh, said, best film ever made. I would read the rest, except that's literally... Well, it, if you follow the thread uh, that Scott shows up all over in the thread to keep saying variations on the theme of best, best film, film ever uh, made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Matthew Farrell. Absolutely, it's a classic. There, there you, you go. go. How about Vincent Suarez? Yes, and if you vote no, the Iron Giant is going to whoop yo patootie. Patootie. <laughs> I mean, he's already... P.O.'d around here. I guess that's a reference to the fact that... I think we can say pissed. I it's PG-13. It's not G. He's already pissed around yeah. here? Yeah, yeah, Maybe, uh, yeah. But uh, uh, that's a reference to the fact that the giant did not... The giant uh, did not did make it in. not Antioch. make it in. Uh, how did it do? How did Taxi Driver so, do? So, let's look at receipts. Taxi Driver, a 1976 film, production budget of $1.9 million, very cheaply made. Mm-hmm. Uh, domestic gross... $28.2 million worldwide. $28.4 million. So Not an extra, on top, like Yeah, total. like it made another $200,000. I did also, find, yeah. by the way, yeah. I did find some references that showed that it had been re-released even as late as like the the first decade of the, of the 21st century in France and some other European countries and it racked up another few tens of thousands of dollars yeah. and, and at one point it was almost a hundred but... Yeah, I mean, you know. So this is a so for the listeners, this is a theme to watch for as we go through the rest of these movies mm-hmm. because you'll find, uh, at least for the ones that we were looking at for kind of like big hitters for Scorsese, mm-hmm. they made a lot domestically, mm-hmm. not a lot internationally. You know, I, I think we commented on this. Uh, you and I chatting offline was uh, something along the lines of uh, Scorsese tends to make very. American centric movies. Yeah. And so they're and even if I'm not relevant. from New York, yes. I, New York is part of my 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 mythos, yeah, my your ethos, national yeah. identity, I suppose. And so, and so there you are. Average ticket price in 1976 uh, according to box office mojo is where we get the numbers is $2.13. So Using our trademark, copyrighted, yes, reserved, uh, reserved, patented, patented BSI, the Butts in Seats Index, which mm. takes the average ticket price of the year uh, against the uh, domestic. domestic gross. So, how many U.S. related butts are We're we looking at? We US divide seats. it out, and we get a BSI of thirteen point two million people saw this in the theater. So we occasionally, or most often, will compare that to the Fight Club standard. Yeah, the Fight Club standard, very well known in mm-hmm. uh, in this in the small circles that we're in. Yeah, all, all both of us is a seven point four million movie. Of, right. M- yeah. So this is about twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, of two Fight Clubs. Right. Two here. Fight Clubs, almost. So let's do a comparison. Okay. So a natural comparison is what I mentioned. Joker earlier okay. came out twenty nineteen. Uh, solid two hours, two minutes. 
uh, directed by Todd Phillips. Production budget was $55 million. Domestic gross, $335.4 worldwide, over a billion dollars. Yeah, that's a B. It's with a B billion. 1.1 billion. Average ticket price in uh, 2019 was $9.03 in the U.S. So, butts and seats index, a little math, carry the nine, uh, 37.1 million butts in the seats in the U.S., about a little le- a little less than three times yeah. the uh, butts and seats of yeah. Taxi Driver in yeah. 76. Yeah. Goodfellas, another Scorsese film, mm-hmm. and it was mentioned by the Hoi Polloi from mm-hmm. Metacritic Reviewers. 1990 film, 146 minutes long. Production budget of $25 million, Domestic gross, 46.8. So it made a little less than half back. Mm-hmm. Worldwide, $47 million. So again, like 200000 Right. Uh, elsewhere. Right. Average ticket price in nineteen ninety $24.23, so divided out, 11 million butts and seats, so a little less than Taxi Driver. And I think Goodfellas is one of those movies that has been seen a lot more on streaming and yeah. post. And it came out in 1990, yeah. so we start getting VHS and yeah. DVD sales. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we don't that. count those. Raging Bull. 1980. 129 minutes. Again, a Scorsese uh, movie. Production budget was $18 million, uh, you know, a lot larger budget than Taxi Driver and only a few years later, but still, domestic gross, 23.4, actually lower than Taxi Driver, worldwide, uh, also 23.4. It's almost like somebody doesn't market Scorsese movies outside the U.S. Average ticket price in 1980 was $2.69. So BSI, $8.7 million, Just over the Fight Club standard. So then I was thinking like, okay, somebody, had, I, something I was reading about was talking about that this movie kind of fell in line with the 1970s vigilante films that mm-hmm. were coming out. Mm-hmm. And a popular example of that from 1974 is Death Wish. Yes. Uh, so um, yes. that... This has a production budget of three point seven million. It makes twenty two million, very successful worldwide. Mm-hmm. Twenty two million. So mm-hmm. again, it's not just a Scorsese problem. No, no, um, uh, of not making more. But average ticket price in nineteen seventy four is a dollar and eighty seven. So divided out, eleven point eight million. So kind of in the same ballpark yep. as as the rest of these yep. that we're talking well, about, with the exception of Joker. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which Joker also brought in a whole additional. Well, it's uh, a comic group because you got the comic world, book connections, DC, world. DC, and all that stuff yeah. too. Even though it wasn't actually directly uh, a DC flick, it was playing with the theme. So, so uh, before we move on to deep our dig? deep deep dig, dig? yep. Yeah, that uh, there's two things I want to do. One, okay. in the middle of the movie, you were telling me about a breakfast. The Breakfast that yeah. uh, that Bickle eats. Yeah, it, it, I I thought it was cereal. I read it actually was uh, like torn up bread and milk, and then he adds his special breakfast ingredient, Here. schnapps. Pour me, yeah, pour me a little bit of that. What do we have? What kind of schnapps do we have? Yeah, I have some Hiram Walker original peach flavored brandy peach flavored schnapps. So, uh, peach schnapps. All righty. So mm. uh, so. Little peach schnapps. Oh, mm-hmm. it's it smells. It's the thing about schnapps, it it you know some there some you liquors smell better than they taste, and I'm gonna say this is probably gonna taste better than it smells. Oh, you can really taste the Hiram mm. and the Walker. Mm. There you go. Peachy. It is peachy. It still tastes better than it smells. What is that? Yeah. Whew. 
That's Ooh. a that's a breakfast of champions. Speaking of the breakfast of champions, wanna... following up our mm. peach snaps, we also have. What did you bring here? Uh, well, uh, we 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 uh, lovingly refer to these as breakfast beers. This is a strawberry lemonade uh, beer made by a natural light called Natterdays. Yes. And you know you got to stay hydrated, so yeah. uh, little natural light <clears throat> Natterdays going on right there. I could drink these all day. You can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. That's Natterdays. what I've heard. That is Natterdays. All right. The second thing. Mm. Something else? Before the deep dive is that right around this point, the... We have this. Uh, we've we've developed a tradition with our council members who nominate the movies that they often will send us a, a gift. A, a gift. Uh, 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 we we call it a bribe. A bribe. Yeah, yeah, a bribe. Mm-hmm. And today we have from Adam, who uh, who gave us uh, uh, this card. I have a yellow card right Mr. here. Mr. A yellow Chromacho. envelope. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Chromacho, or Chromacho, Ooh. as I like to think of him, mm-hmm. uh, says, next ride is on me, little winky face and an exclamation point, ah, with a heart. It's a, a br- bright orangey-yellow envelope. What's yeah. in there? It has, on the inside, <laughs> Uber. Uh, so Uber gift certificate. We have an Uber gift certificate. So, uh, so Mr. Gary... Uh, Mr. Miggity Mac, that you and I can take an Uber sometime. You know, we could like get an Uber to pick you up, then pick me up for our yeah. Sunday beer, and uh, and maybe we can reenact one of the scenes in the back uh, oh. of the uh, of the movie. The one with Scorsese talking yeah. about his. Uh, well, I, I was I was thinking about the. Uh, like uh, we could lead up to the scene that where Bickle was talking about how he had to clean up the back oh, seat right. with a towel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of hose, the various to fluids that are back there, and uh, you hose wow. out the uh, yes, uh, mud, yeah. mud, yeah. and other fluids. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oof! Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Adam, very much, and we will appreciate the ride on Uber, yeah. or probably use it for Uber Eats. But uh, well, we might, yeah, yeah, we yeah. might. But you know, uh, this is this is why they call him the Crow Macho. Yes. All right. So, uh, I, I took some excerpts from uh, Adam's very extensive yes. nomination. So, the write-ups are generally around 500 words, but even you and I were guilty of writing one that was closer to, like, 750. Yeah. And so, you've excerpted... Ex- uh, I took excerpts. Take the best parts yeah, of <laughs> Adam's. Uh, why don't you read, read, read me some? Yeah. Uh, and... So it says, so my first nomination for Pantheon, Martin Scorsese's 1976 chaotic masterpiece, Taxi Driver. Is it a ballsy choice? Yes. I was initially inclined to nominate Goodfellas, uh, which is perhaps his most well-known and respected film, but I wanted to dig earlier into his resume. I wanted to capture the moment he delved into auteur territory. This was it. Despite how shocking, disturbing, and difficult it is to watch at times what it is that makes this film such a masterpiece. It is simply an in-depth character study into the soul of a man who's detached from societal norms and the world around him. There is something really unique about the way this film is made. From the sharp, poignant words from a script by Paul Schrader to the soothing piece of jazz by Bernard Herrmann that serves as the film's main theme music to its rather subtle performances, specifically from Robert De Niro and Sybil Shepard. It brings the audience into its chaotic world. While Travis Bickle could be seen as the anti-hero at at his core, someone who does 
who does something noble, albeit in the most unpleasant of ways, one could also think that he could have easily gone the other way, which is how the movie plays out. Yeah. He missed a chance to do Came an assassination. Very close to but murdering instead, someone. he murders somebody else who's worse in the, the society's eyes. He deserved it. Taxi Driver was a groundbreaking film that not only dared to explore themes and ideas that Hollywood bigwigs were terrified of, it's a testament to why the 70s were the greatest decade in film, which is a bold statement, Very Adam. bold. Very bold. And you'll have to back that up uh, yes. as, as you go along. You know, Adam, I'm not sure, uh, because I don't know how old you are, but I, my guess is you weren't alive in the 70s. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and he ends, be well, Video Landers. A very nice send-off there. Yeah. All right. I mean no disrespect by that, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Uniqueness and challenges of the film. Mr. Miggity Mac, yeah. how is this film unique from the standpoint as as a nomination? How is it unique? And mm-hmm. you can speak to its challenges as well, if All you right. want. Well, uh, you know, uh, uh, this is the first Scorsese film that might actually be in Pantheon. I don't recall if it's the first one nominated. I think it might be. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, right off the bat, you've got that as uniqueness. But also, you have you have a movie here that was originally considered unfilmable, unmakeable, right? Yep. And they did it anyway. And so here we have this film that uh, didn't just explore themes that were uh, difficult, and hard, but they they did they didn't do it in a in a uh, 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 in a, in a subtle way. Like yeah. if if somebody if something happened to a person, you saw yep. that that actually happened to the person. He filmed it that way. And if and if someone like the scene where Scorsese himself in the back seat of the taxi talking about how he's going to murder his wife, uh, it's unvar- it's un uh, varnished un yeah, unfiltered. Up. It is unfiltered. He says it exactly how someone who may actually be in that mindset would say it uh and i think you know that that makes it fairly unique uh as a pantheon nomination uh, but it also makes it unique as a movie itself considering when it was made not necessarily considering movies that are made now i, I mentioned earlier that i just watched uh a, another recommendation recommendation from mr chromacho the pos- uh, possessor and it also just showed you what happened yeah. Un, un, un yeah, unflinchingly unflinchingly so uh you know that, that 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 plays into its challenges as well why would people want to go see a movie that shows not only somebody getting shot but the bullet hole appearing and the the way they would react or their brains hitting the wall or you know whatever it was that happened after the uh, even in the 70s that kind of wasn't a thing those things were like there was a gunshot and somebody fell down but they didn't show the the smear on the wall per se in a mainstream movie. Yeah, and and this uh, as as a unique element of the film, it does have that auteur quality. Mm-hmm. It is our it, it is a low budget, a well made low budget film that has a lot of very excellent uh, actors in it, like who took a pay cut to be in it. They did. It's got uh, it's got big wigs to to. It's got big hitters for the score. Uh, also for cinematography and the way it's shot, the way it's edited, mm-hmm. it's a lot of people came together who yeah. are high level performers, uh, or high, would become high level performers, right. uh, in, interacting with this film. I think that this film was kind of unique, and this is maybe an insight of the film as well, that it stands as a, uh, uh an archival test uh, testament to what the 1970s new york was like mm-hmm. right before the transition of the the 
the boom of growth in the city in the 80s and mm. then it became nice and clean but it was about the city was about bankrupt to be bankrupt right and scorsese used that to his yeah. advantage to make the feel yeah. of the film dirty like they didn't throw trash in the streets this was during the garbage strikes that trash was there the trash was there they just didn't clean it up the pimps the gang members they were the, there. the fighting the all of that was mm-hmm. there yeah. the 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 neon uh, porn places and mm-hmm. it, like uh, and and movie theaters all of it mm-hmm. so it, it captured this kind of like zeitgeist uh, of the time yeah. and I thought that was kind of a, a fun thing and they used it to their advantage and I thought I, I liked that about the film um, and as far uh, we'll chat about other challenges later mm-hmm. on yeah. but one of the challenges that I think that council members might have in going into the thinking about the film is that um, it is an uncomfortable film. It is. It's an uncomfortable film to watch. Yeah. Uh, that you don't really love Bickle. You don't love no. De Niro's character. No. That no. he he's interesting, but he's not somebody you're like, I'm rooting for him. Right. right. Uh, because he's just a weirdo. Um, but, uh, the same could be said, I guess, for Drive that we looked at where we have like an emotionally detached person, but he was detached in a kind of a cool way where Bickle, De Niro's Bickle was detached in a kind of deranged way. Right. And and, you know, we don't know what the event was that made him like in Death Wish, for example, Charles Bronson is this upstanding, normal kind of a guy in uh, Chicago. L.A., Chicago, right? I don't remember. Anyway, in Death Wish, he's just like a straight-up guy, and an event happens that changes his world, and he becomes different. In this case, we don't know anything about Bickle. We know he was a vet, that maybe he was hospitalized or being treated for PTSD, but somehow he becomes or already was, and his this personality that he already was is revealed. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the other thing that I would say here is that, and and this will lead into when we're talking about uh, acting, casting, directing, and that sort of stuff mm-hmm. a little bit later, is that as I was watching the film, I was, and this is my first time all the way through the film, so I'll, I'll tell you that. Uh, it's not that I've watched it tons of times right, before. Right. Is that none of the characters, I kept expecting the characters to be more intelligent, more amazing more wise right anybody to to shine but like it just felt like normal people everybody was kind of dumbasses all (laughs) over like like bickle was not like a mastermind genius like he could barely get a sentence out sybil shepherd was vacuous like uh that um uh, albert brooks character who i don't remember his name Mm -hmm. he was just kind of like there he worked with her in the uh in the uh uh, his most notable characteristic was that he worked with someone else right and he he you know little bits of his character would pop up you know he he very firmly kicked bickle out uh, and called the cops over. Like he, he seemed like just sort of like he, he just knew how New York worked, but he wasn't like a super smart dude. Yeah, and I think the two characters that kind of like that kind of shone a little bit were the pimp and the prostitute, Harvey yeah, Keitel I would, and Iris. I will agree that with they, you. They were of the most 
or the more interesting characters. You, you so knew what their motive? Yeah. Well, you knew what Harvey Keitel's motivation was and why he was behaving the way he was. You could tell when he was being the salesman, yeah, and when he was just like, yeah, no, no, our deal's done. Get the heck out of my face, you know. All right, so that'll lead us to then doing our deep dive breakdown uh, of uh, standout moments uh, and how we thought it it works on. Our list, acting and casting, directing and editing, screenplay and story, cinematography and locations, score, mm-hmm. uh, special effects slash notables, and then any X factor X that's factor. part of this. So we'll start with acting and casting. What do you think on this? Well, I'm going to just stick to casting for a second. When you've mentioned it already, I believe that the cast in this movie, while some of them were earlier in their career... They have they proved they proved themselves over the years. These are solid, reliable, dependable, you know, uh, actors who can all carry big roles on their own. And they may have only had little ones in this movie, um, but you know, even Scorsese's character in the back of the cab talking about how he's going to murder his cheating wife was like not just over the top, but like I believed it. Like, yeah, he wasn't just being crass; he was angry and done yep and uh what i thought was amazing was um de niro just sits there his character just sits there and listens to this guy ranting and never really reveals anything but the guy is still reacting by the no reaction like he's still going on scorsese's character is still going on about what's yeah, gonna happen and, and i read a little i read a little uh, uh a recap on that where scorsese was talking about like he was inspired to go bigger because de niro wasn't reacting was doing and, nothing yeah he was almost like he was trying to get something yeah. out of him yeah. he also referred to de niro as his acting coach in that scene yeah so casting top notch and i would agree I think so too. uh even jodie foster who was legitimately 12 years yeah. old when they made this movie. Her older sister uh, did some body doubling for some of the uh, more uncomfortable yeah. bits and pieces. But um, even this 12-year-old who uh, I read somewhere, somebody said that that she may have actually been the most experienced actor yeah, she in the been, movie. Because yeah. <laughs> this wasn't her first. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, even her character, uh, even her as a 12-year-old, she did you know, fantastic job. With uh, the role that she was trying to deliver. Now, act casting, that's the casting. What about the acting side about how the people did with the roles that they had? So I think that some of the taxi drivers, you know, in the scenes where they were like at the diner or whatever, uh, I almost felt like some of those scenes were extra. Yeah, superfluous. I, I, I may be wrong about that. They did, they did kind of fill in some of the gaps and whatnot, but... The, the conversations in those time periods were like they were setting up so you knew who these people were but they did but it didn't matter none of them got involved in yeah. the main storyline they were almost just like scenery he was driving by in a car I mean it might as well have been like pine trees going yeah. by um, not that I didn't like the actors uh, but you know uh, I don't know I don't really know what they some of that felt did. extra it did feel extra it felt like background yeah so uh, anything else on that one uh, I don't have anything okay direct. Directing and editing. Okay. How do you feel about how the movie was chopped together? Okay. Put together, I felt, and some of the other people said the same thing, there were whole sections that were too slow. Yep. For me. Especially for someone like uh, Bickle's character, I don't, I, for some reason, I don't feel like he experienced the world that way in this kind of slow 
plotting. You know, nothing's happening for a while, and then all of a sudden there's something, and then there's nothing. Yeah. It, it seemed to me like he experienced the world sometimes the way you saw those scenes where they would cut together these these bits of him driving around, and you almost wonder was he even paying attention to the road? It seems like he's driving in a fog, um, but it feels like that's how he experienced the world. And uh, so, and I'd agree with you on that point where there were uh, moments of just brilliant excellence in the film. Punk, like, but they were punctuating other moments of just kind of real slow, mundane mm. uh, elements that some of it felt extra. Yeah, it kind of did. It's not to say that. <coughs> it's not to say that um, that not that all of the other not action scenes were bad. No, nope. but it's that there was kind of like a, a, a an uneven pacing that happened with the movie. My bigger contention with the directing of the movie and the choices of it happened at the end okay where um artistically i kind of, like it was it was an interesting shot that they had the overhead of shot the overhead after, after everybody's the murder, laying there theoretically dead uh, uh of you have this culmination where he everybody's shooting and it, lots of stuff is happening that's all kind of very interesting and it was fun to watch and uh, and and interesting to watch. Surprising things happen. Kaitel comes back yeah. in after he's already been gut shot, and he tries to save the day. But then, like, there was this really long, extended pan over the crowd. Yeah. And I was kind of expecting the credits to roll right then, and right. then we got a whole nother scene right. that really took me out of the movie. And it was like, wait, and I was confused as to like, I thought he died. Is this a dream sequence was did i miss a yeah. cut somewhere and i read somewhere where somebody somebody was like ah i think it's a dream sequence and yeah. that, and like schrader and and scorsese said and no it's not and all three of them said no it's that, not that's a dream actually it's, it's real and it, it, but that the cho that choice pulled me out of uh. the movie where it was like okay i i don't know what's happening right. or why it's happening right. or why you like i understood where Maybe they want to show that he's now kind of accidentally a hero. Yeah. But he could have been bad. But it was just an odd choice that yeah. I don't think it was laid up well. Imagine if instead he had actually uh, either assassinated or actually actually attempted the assassination, ran and gotten in a gunfight and ended up in a room, you know, shot and bleeding out. How much different you would feel about the movie as opposed to... He goes to save the day, and he kills these people, and he gets shot, and he still, he still keeps going, and then he doesn't die? Yeah. So, it, it again, I think that my biggest problem was that it wasn't set up well. Yes. You know, I think that Scorsese made use of... You had to notice that the newspaper clippings said he was a hero for saving this yeah. girl... And then the the newspaper clip. There may have been uh, and then, audio, and in there the was background. a voiceover yeah. of the dad of who the, was saying yeah. thanks for saving reading my the, daughter. Reading the letter, saying yeah. thanks for returning our daughter to us. Yeah, but you had to, you, you did have to think about what was happening because if you assumed he had died, then this didn't make sense. Yeah. So I had to then go back. I, I was I was telling you earlier. I rewound three times. I rewound the movie to the point where Kaitel, who's already been shot comes into the hallway and rejoins the fight. Yeah. Uh, and they, they shoot, you know, they, they shoot shot back and forth. straight through the side of the neck. Yes. And I'm like, you're kind of, that's, that's yeah, like, right? you die from yeah, that. Yeah, the, uh, the, the bouncer guy 
uh, was in the room, came out and shot him directly in the neck because he was focused on Keitel. And yeah, I mean, it was all this stuff. I, I watched from there to the end three times yeah, to try to piece together what they were trying to tell me. So and may, maybe that that falls on the screenplay and story side. Yeah, but we're, I'm cheating, right? Because yeah. in the theater, yeah. I would have seen it once and done. So, but the next category, screenplay and story. How do you right. feel about that? Yeah. So I did actually like the story. Yeah. I thought the screenplay, um, like I like we talked about, it, it 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 lent itself to these slow points that may have. I mean, I'm sure they were on purpose, but I didn't I didn't always enjoy them, um, but. Uh, you know, there was, I don't know. I wouldn't rate the screenplay and story as a, even in the four range myself. No. We're talking about numbers. Yeah. Uh, acting, casting, yes. Directing, editing, mm, probably. Felt, and four. for me, like, I felt like it, some of the character, like the character character choices for the, the dialogue that they had uh, that was kind of, passable in places yeah remember in- included in screenplay and story is going to be all the stuff with uh, the diner scenes and the cab the cabbies yeah. talking and all that right but there are shining moments uh and that the i feel like they captured between directing acting casting screenplay they captured the child prostitute story well and yeah. jodie foster acted it well it yeah. was so uncomfortable for me it was I, the dancing scene with Harvey Keitel yeah. and Jodie Foster made me just crawl. Yeah. And by the way, can I just say that Harvey Keitel looks like Tommy Wiseau? <laughs> I actually thought is was Tommy, was that Wiseau's Tommy Wiseau's character based after on this guy? Yeah, it kind of felt felt like it, right? Cinematography and locations. I love the cinematography. I, th- I, I did too. All that stuff was great. Was, I mean, I, I, I thought was it was dead beautiful. On. It was shot well. They used the fact that New York was a dump in they, the seventies. They didn't have they, lots of lights, so they used the lighting well. Even their interior shots. There's a there is Driving a location. Yes, but there's a location when he's on the phone on a payphone calling Sybil Shepherd's character, asking she's already dumped him basically, and asking for at least like can we go to coffee or whatever. It pans away from him. You still hear him talking, and it just slowly goes down a hallway. And my wife said, "What's going on? What is that?" I'm like, like, "This is telling you what a long, drag, depressing yeah. experience that he's having trying yeah. to get a date." It's with letting this girl. us know visually that not even the camera wants to watch no. it anymore. Uh, so I, I thought I thought that was fun. Locations excellent, and you, I don't think you can ever fault Scorsese on his vision. No, especially for capturing capturing New York and the essence of yeah. New York. Uh, score. I like the score. I liked that. Uh, I hadn't thought of it as the jazzy theme song until I was listening yeah. to read that that review. But but um, or uh, his nomination. But uh, I liked the score. And I went back this time. And the second time I watched it, I paid closer attention. I've always kind of fallen down on this point yeah. to not pay close enough attention to the score, unless it's a musical. And in this case, I thought the score fit the mood of what was happening. Yeah. And and uh, as I was listening to the score, for me. It, it hit a film noir style. So uh, I almost imagined that I could watch this movie in black and white with mm. like with high contrast to give it That's a film noir style. You know something? And the music would be perfect for it. I think I, I think actually I kind of remember this movie as almost being a black and white movie if I yeah. was to play it back in my mind. Yeah. Could have been. Yeah. And it, yeah, and it would have been 
like an old Hollywood noir film noir style yeah. film. I don't know if in '76, if uh, film noir, you know, black and white only would have played as well. I wonder if they considered it, but uh, yeah, no, 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 I I liked it. Didn't have to be in black and white. Um, For, I read some comments of some people saying that it drew them out of the. Like it drew them out of the film because they didn't feel like it, it connected the score. But I, the score, but I felt no, like I the score uh, did did a good job. Yeah, it and, wasn't like Star Wars. In Star Wars, for just for one example, or, or even the the Marvel universe, they have theme songs for each group of characters and individuals that are entering and leaving a scene or whatever, and and that's great. That plays that that is like the style of those movies. This one wasn't quite like that. The score yeah. was almost what he was feeling, or where he where he was, or you know where he was progressing. Yeah, and down it this was rabbit hole. And it was uh, it was juxtaposing the smoothness mm -hmm. of the saxophone solo that was going on with the chaoticness of the drums that were happening in a jazzy way. So you have this kind of like I'm slow. I'm I'm smoothly driving around, but I'm in a chaotic state of mind as sure. well. I get it. Um, special effects notables. You know those gunfights uh, were most of the special effects that yeah. I can recall. Shooting the hand. No, that was that awesome. Was... Shot in the side of his neck uh, that just went straight through. Um, you know that kind of stuff. I, that would, that totally surprised me. I'd seen the movie years ago. I'd seen it a second time years ago. I never remembered that gunshot to the side of the neck. I don't know why, um, but um, it was uh, you know that kind of stuff was actually really good. Yeah, um, and how about an X factor for the film. Like, is there any X factor that you'd bring into your evaluation of this? I mean, I felt like there was kind of an X factor. This seems like I'm cheating a little bit, but there's kind of an X factor in all of the previous six categories, whether it's the people that actually got involved to make this thing, the fact that they took a huge pay cut to do it because they believed in it anyway. Um, you know, those things are top notch, but when you're first watching the film, you don't think about that, right? You might be like, oh my gosh, that's Harvey Keitel. Oh my gosh, that's, you know, so-and-so. Uh, the guy that played the police commissioner in both Ghostbusters and the Blues Brothers is is the uh, is the Sia killer, uh, yeah. a cabbie driver. Um, you know, the, there's that. But I don't, I can't think of like, for me, there wasn't like an X Factor that by itself was like, no, no, this by itself is an X Factor. So when we were talking about Drive... One of the things that you talked about with Drive and in the X Factor of it was just the impact emotionally. Like it sat with you. Yeah. Like it, 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 like the movie experience wouldn't leave you. Yeah. And for me, that would be an X Factor for this film where I was impacted by this film. Okay. Even though I yeah. thought that, that uh, Bickle's character was a complete, like, He's got like maybe a hundred IQ kind of like he's yeah. not remarkable in almost any way. He doesn't seem to be, does he? Uh, except for the fact that he's he goes on this vigilante. Uh, think about this for a minute. The guy decided he decided he was going to assassinate a presidential candidate. He had spoken to the actual Secret Service yeah. agent, the lead agent, that was right there on the scene, so the guy knew his face. So he shows up for this planned assassination with a, with a mohawk. mohawk and a military <laughs> jacket that clearly was covering things up and his arms crossed, looking as yeah. as guilty as heck before he even did anything. And of course they saw him 
you know, yeah, mile 40 away. feet away, and he had to run. I mean, it's like, come on, who does? If he really wanted to blend in, he blended in great the first time he was there. He's obviously not in the right state yeah. of mind. Yeah. Uh, but between the awkwardness of De Niro and the 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 skeeziness of everything else that was around <laughs> Jodie Foster, uh-huh. that like I was, I, I like I that there's a feeling, and I can't quite. Get rid of that. You, you mentioned the skeeziness, and I, and I was going to talk about this, and I totally forgot. The campaign headquarters, to me, was just as skeezy and gross yeah. as the the uh, the, the little whorehouse. The prostitution apartments where Jodie Foster uh, would take her Johns. And uh, they were both skeezy. And, but one was One was clean and one skeezy, was dirty. And one was like you wouldn't go there in case yeah. somebody might have seen you, you know? And but they were both gross. I mean, and they played that out uh, in that like just the way they talked about. No, no, these signs had this word underlined, not that word underlined. So we're just not going to pay for them. Yeah. You know. Then you saw the signs with the or the yeah. buttons. Sorry, the buttons with the wrong word underlined being used after yeah. he just said he wasn't going to. Well, and then like the 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 presidential candidate who's like, and then I came up with my big slogan, "We the people." You're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's super original. Are that we, you? We we are, are the, people. the people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not just we the people, but like we are the people. No, you oh, are yeah. not. No, yeah. You are a silver spoon douchebag. Freaking bag. genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this movie was nominated for four Oscars. Didn't get any. It mm. did get the Palm Door at Cannes, uh, the Cannes Film Festival. All right. um, Twenty-one wins uh, in other places. An sixteen, 16 yeah. nominations. Um, when before we started, uh, Mr. Brad McBoom yep. was uh, saying, "I would like you to talk about this question uh, of." So, since there's no Scorsese films in Pantheon yet, right. is this the right one to start with? Is this the one? And, you know, uh, Adam actually talked about this in his nominations. Yep. I thought about Goodfellas. Yep. But then I thought, well, what if I go back to where this started? Yeah. And go back to Taxi Driver and that that's the one. You know, I don't know that I would have nominated Taxi Driver myself. Um not that it's a bad nomination, but I'm not sure I would have picked it. I I suppose I might have gone back and watched it three is, Scorsese. Movies. It is well revered and well loved as a film. It is, uh, but Scorsese has a huge canon of films and other films that many people would consider better: The Departed, Goodfellas, yeah. Raging Bull. And better doesn't always uh, mean make more money. Fear the box for some office. people. Cape uh, Fear, yeah, again De Niro, right? Yeah, uh, but uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, sorry, mind slipped there. But yeah, but and and he was involved in a bunch of movies where maybe he wasn't the director, but he was. You know, he produced it, or or he, you know, he uh, was also a part of the crew. But um, but you know, would you nominate this one? And I, I I think I probably would have gone for The Departed. I think if I had to pick right now, and you said no, no, you have yeah. to choose today, I would have nominated The Departed. I would have wanted to nominate The Irishman, but it's really new. It didn't go to theaters, I don't believe. and yeah. Or if it did, it was just so it can get an Oscar And this nomination. would have been the third or fourth that I would have uh, on the list behind Departed and mm-hmm. uh, Goodfellas for myself. There you go. Um, so, but, but, but Adam's choice, and he explained his choice, yeah. why he picked this one. It's a perfectly valid explanation for why he yeah. picked this one. I just don't know if it's the one I would have picked. Yeah. But again, I hadn't. I had not seen this movie in decades. Yeah. 
And even then, I clearly didn't remember some major points of it. You know, yeah. and maybe it's because I was much younger then. Maybe I was experiencing movies differently then. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, any other like like let's go through some fun facts oh, about yeah. the movie and some other things that we learned Wait, along the way. You, you're some trivia. You're oh, it's trivia time. Trivia time. Trivia time. Well, you know, uh, I heard that uh, that famous line. That you famous, talking to me? You talking to me? You talking to me? You talking? I don't see anybody else. I'm the only one here. Yeah, that line uh, actually came from Bruce Springsteen, the boss. Because De Niro had had uh, uh, seen him perform at Greenwich Village yeah. just a few days before. I, th- I, I think that he was saying like "Man on Fire" or something like that, and that was like lead up to the song that he said it. So mm-hmm. uh, he was kind of improvising right then. Um, so that uh, taxi driver screenwriter Paul Schrader didn't see his first movie until he was seventeen years old. Now, I think I looked at when Paul Schrader was born. Yeah. He was not young when they did this, I don't believe. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, it might actually make some sense. I was doing a little reading on this, and uh, that apparently Schrader was in a really rough spot where he had kind of like, he was homeless almost for a while. Mm. He was hanging out on the streets. He was going to these porno movie theaters, uh, had insomnia. He had been kicked out of AFI as a reviewer. So huh. he he was in a rough spot, and... So he was kind of bickle. He that that was the yeah. inspiration for the for for yeah. the for, for all of this. Wow. Um, Jodie Foster had to see a psychologist before she was allowed to appear in the movie because of the explicit stuff that was going on with this. I watched this movie. I thought to myself, well, I mean, it's Jodie Foster. She could be 16, 18 yeah. playing a twelve year old. Nope. Legitimately twelve. And she did a great job. Yeah. And. As a twelve-year-old, was just able to pull it off. They rewrote her character after uh, Paul Schrader had interacted with some mm. chil- child, not himself, of hiring a child prostitute, mm. but realized that they were uh, they were uh, not only just child prostitutes, but they were also. Um, abandoned and drug addicts right so they right. made that they kind of worked that into her character they softened it a little she yeah. was a runaway and a, yeah but who had then reached out for support ended up with Kaitel one way or another yeah and he was her only so, lifeline to living you know yeah um so number four on this list yeah the man who attempted to assassinate president reagan in 81 uh, was reportedly attempting to impress Jodie Foster. He'd seen this movie many, many times. He was obsessed with it, and uh, he was obsessed with Foster's character. And he even moved to Connecticut when she uh, started at Yale to be closer to her. Uh, he was inspired by De Niro's character, who was in turn inspired by the diaries of Arthur Bremer, who attempted to assassinate uh, George Wallace in 72. And then Scorsese, uh, for a little while, almost considered giving up directing because of the impact that. of this because he was like i don't want to be associated with right with that, that guy. Sort of stuff yeah. yeah by the way i left the guy's name out because i really hate the fact that people get famous for doing yeah. that kind of stuff so i don't care what his name is the fact is he did that so the uh we had mentioned earlier on that the phillips produced the sting mm. which was uh, very popular and because that they they, they had some credibility from this. They were able to bankroll the rest of the film. They didn't get a lot for it, but they were able to bankroll it. So because of the success of The Sting, mm-hmm. that 
taxi driver exists. Right. Uh, as, as potentially, as part of it. At and least. then bringing in De Niro, of course, was just like, ka-ching! Yeah. He had just, uh, I think he'd, he'd gotten some kind of award for some little thingy thing he did. I don't know. Some like Francis Ford Coppola thing. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. Anyway, he did a thing and he was, he was pretty popular. So uh, De Niro wrote a version of Taxi Driver on his own, apart from Paul Schrader, wow. uh, uh, a couple of years before he did this film about this lone vigilante uh, roaming the streets. Uh, so <laughs> it, With the, guns yeah. to pew! But uh, in 74, Death Wish was around, so yeah, I, like, yeah, it, it, yeah. it's not so strange. Right. Uh, we had mentioned everybody took a pay cut to yeah. this, so uh, people did not make that much money it was very it was shoestring budget of yeah. a film De Niro just uh, had broken out in Godfather Part 2 that's the movie I was alluding that was to the, that was the film and he was offered a half million dollars to star in other films but he did Taxi Driver for a paltry 35k and uh, even Schrader agreed to uh, take about the same amount for the screenplay despite he just sold another one uh, the Urakura for ten times that uh, also uh, I was reading about that um, that the film had to hire a gang to protect them from another gang while they were out there because uh, because they were on the mean streets of New York. Must not have been too expensive because their budget was just over one mil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the uh, So number 11 uh, right there. Sure, so, Martin Scorsese. He would have got an X rating for this in the 76, uh, but he fixed it in the same way that, that uh, Nintendo fixed... Uh, their video games by changing the color of the blood. Yeah, they made it a little bit softer, and then they were like, oh, okay, it's okay now. It's more brown, so, uh, okay, it doesn't look quite like uh, blood. I think you added number eight to the list here. Um, I did? What is that one? Uh, so, I mentioned this earlier. Char the taxi driver, Charlie T., <coughs> the one that's, uh, his line became by killer when he was talking yeah. to Bickle, uh, he played the police commissioner in both the Blues Brothers and Ghostbusters, 80 and 84, this guy was one of, they, they say, I agree actually, one of the finest black actors of this generation. His voice, <coughs> excuse me, his credible presence. Uh, he played preachers, detectives, judges, tons of it, and, and worked with Spike Lee to come up with uh, both Crooklyn and Clockers, and Clockers was also produced by Scorsese. All right, so let's chat uh, about the council votes and where we think sure. that things are going to go right, All right. now. Well, we know um, a couple. We know a couple. Adam's a yes. Mm. He gives it a chroma yes, Why as we you call it. Nominate as it and give it a chroma, a chroma no. no. Yeah, no that way. It's a chroma yes. Chroma yes. Um, and there's two council members who have already chimed in, and we know that there's no votes from Brandon and, and Kyle. Kyle. Yeah, Kyle is uh, Kyle is my uh, spirit animal. Yeah, and he's saying no. Uh, and we don't always vote the same way. Neither of them saying that it's a bad film. It's no, just no. it doesn't it doesn't rise to the level right. of Pantheon for We them. know that Brad has not made up his mind. Yep. Uh, he, he he discussed it. Uh, he's going to give it another watch, which is, again, the responsible thing to do. Uh, but um, we don't know him. How about uh, Matthew or Jeremy or Rachel? I don't know how individuals down the list are going to go but if i had to guess uh from the guest voter i think that uh so papa wade, papa wade. he's a, a generation older and taxi oh. driver might be he in might, the sweet spot he's like the age him. of my children you mean or you <laughs> <laughs> uh, but 
What I think for this film is it's a fence sitter. And I can't tell you where it's going to go, but I think that the vote's going to be down the middle. Close, yeah. Yeah. Well, down the middle's not good for Taxi Driver, right? Because if he gets like 5 or 6 of 11, eh. I'm talking like it's a 6 or a 7. Okay, a 6 or 7. Like, that's kind of where I... Like, we already have two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because the Facebook poll... Is a yes yeah. at this point. It's like 45 yeses and uh, uh, only one no. And some people will get real upset about this, that the council would vote against something that, that is universally revered, like Princess Bride or, 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 or other movies. Right. Or Silence of the Lambs was right. the ones that didn't, one that didn't get in. Didn't get in. Um, so, Goodwill Hunting, did it get in? Yeah. No. Yeah. So I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be in the middle where you think uh, it's going to be. I think it's going to get at least seven yeses in the end, and we'll we'll be in. But that's just my that's my gut. The Facebook poll is going to be a yes because it's yes forty five, yeah. no to one, and uh, the uh, straight up asking where you're going to vote on this one. Where will I vote? And I can only vote in the Facebook poll. That's correct. Uh, and I tell you something: just doing the math and running through the categories, I don't really have any reason to say no like i went through watching it uh, you mentioned something just to explain my vote you mentioned something earlier that you were watching it and uh you were you were uh drawn into yeah the, the experience this like joker is a movie that when i watched it critically watched it i said to myself i'm not watching that again i can't do that again yeah but i did watch it again and the second time I had to focus on things like the score or the story or the acting because getting into the experience of what was happening in the movie, not fun. Not fun for me. So, and I, I would say yes. So you're going to say yes. I would say yes. Just like you did for Drive. I did for Probably Drive. for some of the, many of the same reasons. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and I'm going to say no. Yeah. A- and it hurts me to say that because Taxi Driver is so well loved. Right. But for me, that it just didn't quite connect on enough levels right it did have an impact and i and i give it that and there's a lot of good parts to it but there were enough things about it that put it at a 4.25 out of five for me like it's in the is it i will recommend this to anybody to watch like if you haven't seen taxi driver you should watch it you should watch it but for me it's not a pantheon. Which, for me, it's like, if you haven't seen Taxi Driver, you should watch it. Essential viewing became a piece of my X Factor, yeah. which is what took it up to just, just, to just make over it there, the line. Just kind of push so it over the edge. you and I are right, like, we're, we're, same, we're on the same fence, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we're on the same fence, different side. Mm-hmm. Okay, any final thoughts before we close today? We're, we're at an hour and one minute right now. Wow, so. okay. Well, i tell you something, uh, and we just mentioned one already, but... But there's something about Taxi Driver that uh, I feel like I still didn't get. And it's going to take maybe another viewing to try to see if I can uh, find this slightly intangible thing that's out there that I feel like I still haven't connected with. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But but, uh, I'm definitely going to watch this movie again. And I know while I'm watching it, I'm going to say to myself, why am I watching this movie again? This is very difficult to watch. And for me, if I if I watch it again, the thing that I'll probably be uh, watching for is to feel what other people who connect with this movie right. might get. Like, I don't personally have it, but 
for them, mm -hmm. they connect on this level. Mm -hmm. And uh, trying to suss out what that thing is to see, you know, yeah. so I can understand the movie and its viewers a little bit better. We're, we're saying different versions of the same thing, yeah. really. You know, yeah. it's like there's something out there I apparently haven't quite hooked into. So, uh, that said, as always, I hope everyone enjoyed tonight's conversation. Oh, I know I did. Where can Video Land find you, Mr. Biggity Mac? Facebook. You could find me there. You could always find me on AV. And me as well. Looking for Doug Pruim. Pruim. It's Doug Always Prime. spelled wrong. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. So you can find us, Adventures in Video Land, on Instagram, adventuresinvideoland.com. But the conversation always begins and ends on Facebook. You've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, Video Landers. You, you talking to me? You talking to me? You, you, you talking, talking to me? You are you talking, talking to me? Are you talking I to me? Nobody else. You, I don't you see must anybody else here. This you isn't, might. this isn't no, working. No. How about this? We love you. Wow.